Just after 9 o'clock, good morning. This is Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. And coming up at 9.30 is the Sunny Melindra Show. But the inspirational hour begins now with God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. The following is sponsored by GodandOurDogs.com. And this is Bernie Radio. Hi, I'm Ashley Pfeiffer. And since 1916, Kendall County Abstract's goal is to be the premier title company in Kendall County. Kendall County Abstract provides real estate closing services and title insurance to both individuals and businesses. All work and research are done in-house. So when you have questions and want high-quality service, Kendall County Abstract is ready to help. Call 830-816-2131 or find us at kcac.net. Welcome to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. Join us online at GodandOurDogs.com. Subscribe, share, and stay. Now here's your host, Meg Greer. Welcome to God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Our vision on God and Our Dogs is discovering a new perspective and rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. How does it happen? The same way our other relationships grow spending time together, learning about one another, developing trust, and experiencing transformation. Dog stories shared on the show reveal God in new ways. We look in the mirror of our dogs. In the reflection, we find aha moments, bringing to light a deeper understanding of love, value, purpose, and belonging. Find us at GodInOurDogs.com. Click follow on the God and Our Dogs page on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast site and on YouTube, where you will find bonus material from our guests. Thanks to the folks at Wheeler's Western Outfitters for a great place to record our show. Our guest today is Lulu Bells. Lulu is the Development Director for Hill Country Pregnancy Care Center. She is outgoing, loves people, and helping them thrive. Best of all, her dog would introduce her by saying, My mama rescued me. She loves me. As a preview for our listeners, this story is so much more than meets the ear. So you'll hear more about that later. Welcome, Lulu. We are so happy to have you here on God and Our Dogs. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Meg. Yeah, it's, it's a real privilege. Yeah, it's great to have you. Well, Lulu, dogs have been a part of your life since you were a child. What kind of dogs did you have growing up? My dad got my very first dog. It was a Kishon at the flea market. And we brought her home, and she became our wonderful family dog, but later on in life, I grew to love the breed of pugs. Oh, boy. Those pug lovers are yes. pretty hardcore. We are very <laughs> hardcore. They're squishy, and they're cuddly, and they they just love their personality, love their personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've had three. Oh, wow. Well, we'll get to hear about some pugs, I bet. But before we talk about how dogs became part of your family as a mom... Um, you kind of have a very unusual background, and I'd love our listeners to hear a little bit about your career. Um, you started out in the culinary area, didn't you? Tell us a little bit about that and where 
where that was. Sure. My grandfather was a candy maker, and uh-huh. he had a candy store in Chinatown. And so, and where was Chinatown? And that was in San Francisco. In San Francisco. Yes. Okay. So I'm born and raised there. Uh huh. And so we, our life evolved around food a lot and around sweet things. Ah. And so growing up in a culinary home, we got to make the famous Chinese candies that they use during Chinese New Year's. Okay. And so my grandfather was kind of a staple in Chinatown for his candy making. Mm -hmm. So I fell in love with the culinary um, arts through that. And it became my life. Uh And so um, I went to a culinary school in San Francisco Mm -hmm. and had started my career there because I thought, gosh, I love cooking and I can actually get paid for it. Wow, that's cool. And San Francisco is such a foodie town, too. So that was a good place to be. Yeah, for sure. So has your career always been in the culinary area? Well, I started in culinary arts and I was a pastry chef. And at the time that I got married. I was not a Christian and I was really working a lot on my career. And shortly after I got married, I was introduced to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it was truly out of sadness um, in my very first year of marriage. Uh-huh. And so God got my attention through sadness and brokenness. And I found pure joy through that. And so I used my my culinary arts as a ministry to people. Uh-huh. So I would cook, I would bake a lot for them, and they would have opportunities to put their guard down. Because mm-hmm. when you're sitting around a table and you're eating something yummy, there's just wonderful conversations that come out of I it. I bet. Yeah. Shortly after, probably a good 20 years after my culinary career, God called me into dishing up spiritual food. Interesting. Yes. So what does that look like? That was when God called me to be a missionary. And so it was quite an odd place to be in because I didn't see myself going back to Bible college, but we had a wonderful church in San Francisco that gave us very practical training, gave us a lot of opportunity to serve through our local church, and then to do an apprenticeship over in Southeast Asia. So we had transitioned out of culinary work and intermissions, and we didn't know specifically where we were gonna go. We just knew we had this training and this practicum to do before we went and found really truly where God was calling us to. Uh Uh-huh, well Lulu, so after you were finished with your training, where did you end up? I ended up um, actually serving God for 14 years in the country of Vietnam. Oh wow. And it is a communist country And so a lot of things that you learn about sharing your faith in a closed communist country is not like how we would do here. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of political issues and legal issues that you can run yourself into. And uh, there was a time where, yes, I was taken in by the police for sharing my faith and detained. Wow, that must have been frightening. That that was (laughs) really a test of faith and... uh, but it, through that, it made me know how better to serve and how better to share. Uh-huh. And that God was ultimately the shield and protector. So, Lulu, how did you adapt when they changed the rules? 
Well, we had to be very creative in order for us to remain in the country. And so what we did find out is that if we opened up a business, that was our legal means and ways to remain in the country. And so I love how God puts together everybody's gifts and talents. And he certainly allowed me to use my talent as a chef. And Mm -hmm. my husband then was also an executive chef. And so we put together um, our business and we opened up our, the very first American authentic bakery in Saigon. And Saigon is a city of 10 million people. Oh, wow. I can't even imagine living in a city of 10 million people. Yes. What was that like? Well, our mode of transportation was a motorbike. Uh And so for 14 years, I drove a motorbike and I would pack my two kids, uh, my dog Frisco and my husband, when we would all be going around uh, Ho Chi Minh City, which is the actual name. But if a lot of Vietnamese, they'll use the word Saigon because that's the former name. um, Uh Uh-huh pre-communist. Yeah. Yeah. And so we traveled around that way and there's crazy traffic laws um, or none really at all. And you just kind of merge and you go with the flow. Mm -hmm. So through rain, through hot days, through very, very dry weather, it's all by motorbike. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So did you stick out like a sore thumb being a foreigner? How, how did foreigners blend in? There is a lot of international business that happens in Saigon. It was a it was a time that we went and a lot of companies were trying to establish themselves out of China and into Vietnam for trade. And so there was a lot of expats that came from all over. But fortunately, um, being I'm Chinese in my ethnic background, so I blend in really well uh, in the Vietnamese culture. And so for me and my two adoptive children who are also Asian ethnic background, they did not stick out like a sore thumb. Now, my husband, on the other hand, was blonde-haired and blue-eyed, and he did stick out. So when we were together, people would obviously understand that we were an expat family. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. How interesting. So is your bakery still around, even though you're not in Vietnam? Yeah. What is so delightful is that it is now a still the same name, Harvest Baking, and they are the biggest producer of Starbucks pastries from all of from Hanoi at the top all the way down to Saigon and so it is still flourishing well that's that's a neat legacy and I bet you were able to talk to a lot of people and and develop relationships with them along the way yeah uh, to share Christ with them too well we did because you want to remember that our bakery was only our front Uh and so our heartbeat as missionaries is to plant churches. And so we planted underground churches um, at the same time. So I would have lots of open opportunities to share with bakers, um, to share with the people that sold us goods, the people, the houses we delivered to about the Lord. And when people in a communist country, if they ask you about Jesus, then you're able, you're legally open and able to tell them. So we would practice just turning our conversations always around into talking about something that was a blessing to us. I see. Um, something that was coming close to a holiday that uh, would be a Christian holiday. Mm-hmm. And we would sell Christmas breads and mm-hmm. Easter cakes and 
we would have opportunities to share and mm -hmm. teach about those important holidays of the Christian faith. So mm -hmm. lots mm -hmm. of, lots of ways. Well, and I know one of your big blessings while you were in Vietnam is your dog, Frisco, because he reminded you of home. So after our little break here, we'll talk about Frisco. Great. And hear how he enters the picture. Listeners and Lulu, I'd like to tell you all about our sponsor today, Kendall County Abstract. Kendall County Abstract has been our family's title company for 60 years. Whether a simple or complex transaction, Kendall County Abstract provided our family and our businesses the best service in both real estate closing and title insurance. Kendall County Abstract will do the same for you. When you need a title company, Ashley and the Kendall County Abstract team are there to serve. Call 830-816-2131 or visit online at kcac.net. God and Our Dogs has great sponsors. Please thank them when you see them. Branscombe Law, Wheeler's Western Outfitters, Kendall County Abstract, and the Rivers Team with Phyllis Browning. Because of them, we have a wonderful website, GodInOurDogs.com, with bonus material inspired by show guests on the Want a Treat page. Check out the show webpage for regular updates, resources, and thoughts to ponder. That's GodInOurDogs.com for lots of treats. Discover a new perspective, God and Our Dogs. This is Andrew Weijian, and you're listening to God and Our Dogs on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. We are back on God and Our Dogs with Lulu Bells, Development Director of the Hill Country Pregnancy Care Center, and this is Meg Greer, your host. Now, before the break, Lulu set the stage for stories of her pug, Frisco, by telling us all about missionary life in Asia, which was in Vietnam primarily. I think you might have been in Thailand as well? Singapore. Singapore. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we didn't really talk about that, but Vietnam was the main place. So Lulu, how did Frisco become part of your family? Well, I often get homesick, obviously being away from the States for 14 years, and I wanted a memory of home. And so because we had a love of pugs and because my sister's dog is named Frisco, who is also a pug, we went in search of a pug. Uh -huh. And I did find him, and he actually needed to be rescued. He wasn't in a good situation then? He wasn't in good health? He was not in good health. They don't take care of their dogs very well. Um, and so he I, he ended up getting pneumonia quite bad after I got him, and oh, I wow. just had to really nurse him back to health. Mm -hmm. But he was my little sidekick. Uh-huh. So what was life like on an everyday basis in a city of 10 million people with you and your little pug and your two cute kids and your husband? Yeah. Every morning I would take Frisco out for a walk and it became my routine and I think people in the neighborhood knew that and there was one morning in particular I just wanted to share with you which kind of was quite traumatic. Yeah so what happened Lulu? I was walking Frisco and I was holding on to his leash and uh, someone from behind me came up um, two men on a motorbike and they had a noose and they grabbed Frisco around his neck and they dragged him on a motorbike and I was holding on to the leash and I was also finding myself on the ground being oh, wow. dragged by the 
by the uh, motorbike. And when I realized that, I just had to let go, obviously. And I just cried and screamed as I watched him kind of being fished up by the gentleman. And then they just took off on me. And what a shock. Uh, you don't expect to have your dog actually kidnapped Lulu when you're walking him in the morning. You don't, but you do hear about it, especially in expat communities. This is in Vietnam. This is in Vietnam because they, people who are like the underground mafia there, um, recognize that expats have money. And they obviously have more money than the average individual who makes $150 a month. And so they took him for the sole purpose of ransoming him back from me. When I came to find out how to get him back, they had already told my friend who went to be my liaison my pattern. Mm -hmm. Uh, They knew the dog belonged to foreigners, and they knew my routine in the morning. Oh, my goodness. So is it like you see in the movies where they send you a ransom note, or how did you do that? How did you get him back, Lulu? Um, I sent my friend to talk to some of the local neighborhood motorcycle taxi drivers. And because the motorcycle taxi drivers, they kind of all know what's going on. And um, the taxi driver took my friend down to a local area with Frisco's picture and showed the picture to these obviously gangsters. Mm -hmm. And they knew right away. And they pegged him out and they said, yes, foreigner dog, we have him. Wow. And so they asked for a price of $400. And my friend brought that price back. And uh, we know you just negotiate. That's just part of it. And we gave them $200. Well, she takes the $200 back to this area. And what they did in order to not be captured, which is the gangsters, they took her to a very, very remote home outside of the city. Okay. And somebody else drove Frisco to that remote house in the city and gave him back to her. And it was amazing because you could tell the dog knew because he knew my friend and he just jumped and leapt into her arms because that was the only safety he knew. Oh, wow. How long had he been missing? He was gone for about half a day until Uh that whole transaction happened. And Uh I was busy at the hospital getting, you know, the the road burn. Oh, sure. Getting treated. Kind of treated and brought back to the house. But um, it was just such a shock. I I have to tell you, it was very, very much in PTSD Mm -hmm. at that point, just Mm -hmm. not knowing. Yeah. So... He leapt into your friend's arms, knowing that he wasn't in danger anymore seeing her. Yeah. And so how long did it take for you to become re- reunited with Frisco? Um, she brought him immediately back to the house. And by that time, I was back in bed just kind of trying to explain to the kids that the dog got kidnapped. And, and they were... I'm just trying to have to calm them down, myself down. And just about that time, she brings him back into the house. And he, it was such a, such a joyful reunion. It was almost shocking and surreal that he was back and that that whole situation had just happened in that morning. So, okay, I'm going to ask this question. It's going to sound like the stupidest question ever. How do you see God in that? (laughs) Without having the anger Because we know as missionaries, God called us to the Vietnamese people. To have to 
reconcile that in your heart when they do something as vile as kidnap your dog and then drag you on a motorbike. It is a hard hurdle to have to overcome immediately. And it, and it wasn't immediate. I just knew one thing was that when God calls you to a task, sometimes that task is not pleasant. Sometimes doing God's will is not pleasant, mm -hmm. but it's the right thing to do. And so the most important thing for me was not to run away from the calling of the people, but to use this opportunity as a lesson to show and talk about God's ransoming back mm -hmm. sin. Yes, yes. And that had to really churn in my heart to learn how to get to a deeper level of forgiveness, to have a continued love for people that were that were willing to do hard things against me, which I did nothing. Right. You know. Since you opened the conversation with other people about blessings and them knowing who Frisco is and the role he played in your family, how much your kids loved him, how much you loved him, and remind, he reminded you of home and that connection, they must have really seen a blessing there uh, with knowing that he was gone. He was ransomed, just like we are. I mean, it would give them something to kind of hang their hat on, so to speak, wouldn't it? Something very tangible for sure, mm -hmm. because they couldn't, they couldn't understand the sacrifice that Christ made mm -hmm. in order to buy us back. Certainly, I would think Frisco's worth more than $400, but that's just the law of the land. Right. Um, but the, the buying back of something that's so precious and that you love, and I see that in what Christ does in our life. He loves us so tenderly and special with all of our marks. He is willing to, to pay that price for mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And that was very, very much a lesson that our Vietnamese friends understood. Yeah. And that we weren't willing to walk away from them and be angry at them because of what they did. You can't blame one person's sin on a whole country. Right, right. Wow, what a powerful experience that was. And Lulu, too, you know, the picture of the prodigal come, returning to the father and um, jumping into your friend's arm. I can only imagine what Frisco did when he got home. And just that picture of joy. What happened when he came home? Well, he, he certainly, um, we, we say that he just... I mean, he does these things, pugs do the thing called the Zoom Zooms, and they just run around in circles, just super elated, exuberant, happy, joyful, and he just was crazy. And he, for a long time, did not leave my side. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see. What a powerful, powerful lesson that was to the outside world and so traumatic to you. Gosh, God's grace must have really helped you be able to continue to serve. Because you didn't go home for quite a while after that incident, did you? I stayed an additional four years uh -huh. there. And uh, we ended up, when we transitioned to America, we ended up bringing Frisco with us. Um, but during the time of the four years, uh, I have to say I dealt with a lot of trauma mm -hmm. because I Frisco still has to go out for walks. And so I would be very, very afraid to look behind me. Mm -hmm. um, and of motorbikes driving past me, just it would trigger and bring up that thought again. Mm -hmm. And so 
oftentimes it, that was something that I really had to learn to trust God with. Mm-hmm. Such, an, such a traumatic time, but so many blessings came out of it. Um, looking back on it, I'm sure it's a little bit easier um, than actually living through it at the time. For sure. And when I do see a pug these days, I, I do get reminiscent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were a lot of wonderful times with mm-hmm. Frisco that overrode the trauma times. And yeah. so that's the joy I want to hang on to. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Well, I know you have a lot of joy in your current position, Lulu, with Hill Country Pregnancy Care Center. Tell us a little bit about how our listeners can learn more about the center and participate in in its activities. Thank you. We are a pregnancy care center that's been um, in operation for about 35 years, and we are right here in Bernie, and we also have a location in Comfort, and all of our services are 100% free because gracious donors are and community are supportive of the pregnancy care center. So we are a pro-life ministry, um, but we are really loving ministry that wants to just be of service and of help to those who are needing pregnancy services. So we do everything from educational classes to men's mentoring to uh, childbirth classes. We also help with STD treatment and testing, free pregnancy test, and we want to be able to uh, reward our clients who take our classes with uh, brand new out-of-the-box items for their babies because we know babies are expensive. Oh, yes. Diapers, wipes, and these are needs that our moms Mm -hmm. and families have. Well, people can support the cause anytime, really, um, but you have a special event coming up. We do. We have our annual fundraising gala, which is happening on September 20th at the Cana Ballroom, and you can go and support the Pregnancy Care Center by um, looking onto our webpage, which is www.hcpccgala.org. And that is a way to know more about our annual gala. We're going to have a lunch and a dinner Mm -hmm. opportunity and share some really cool stories about people who've intersected their lives with the Pregnancy Care Center. Awesome. Well, Lulu, thank you so much for being with us today. And it's been a joy to hear about your stories with Frisco and the impact um, that he had on your life and so many others. So thank you for being with us today on Godner Dogs. Thank you. God bless you. Well, um, here's a thought to ponder for you before we leave today. How is your dog relying on you today? Maybe God wants you to rely on Him the same way. This is Meg Greer, and you have been listening to God and Our Dogs. I appreciate all of you, and thank you for joining us. You can listen to the show again on our website or subscribe on your favorite podcast site. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for show bonuses. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn at God and Our Dogs, and click follow. Subscribing and following help the show spread the word about discovering a new perspective to rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. God and our dogs.com. 
Hi, I'm Ashley Pfeiffer, and since 1916, Kendall County Abstract's goal is to be the premier title company in Kendall County. Kendall County Abstract provides real estate closing services and title insurance to both individuals and businesses. All work and research are done in-house. So when you have questions and want high-quality service, Kendall County Abstract is ready to help. Call 830-816-2131 or find us at kcac.net.